0: As G.K. Chesterton said, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. Here on Swimming Upstream, we go against the cultural stream by championing life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. Your host is Eric Salmons, author of seven books, including Holiness for Everyone, The Old Evangelization, and Bitcoin Basics. Now let's get swimming. Welcome to episode 91 of Swimming Upstream. I'm Eric Sammons. Well, it's that time of year for Catholics again. No, I'm not talking about the approach of Lent, although this year Lent is a little bit late, so we still have another month to go till I think Ash Wednesday this year is March the 6th. So we have a little ways to go before Lent. No, what I'm talking about is the annual... Bishop's Appeal, or Diocesan Appeal, or Cardinal's Appeal, or whatever they might call it, Catholic Ministry Appeal. This is the time each year in which the diocese, each Catholic diocese, it's typically this time of year, maybe some dioceses do it a little differently, but it's usually in February as we approach Lent. It's where the diocese basically asks for uh, donations directly to the diocese. Now, just to be clear, so everybody is clear about how a diocese funds itself. First of all, it's done differently in different dioceses, but in general what happens is when you donate money to your pair, so you give your, your weekly contribution in the basket each week, a percentage of that goes to the diocese, which makes sense because the diocese is— Basically over all the parishes, and it helps make sure that the parishes are all have what they need. I mean things like um insurance and 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 other HR and things like that often are done by a diocese, so it makes sense that percentage would go to uh, the diocese. Now what that percentage is varies greatly between dioceses. But what happens is that the diocese also needs to do fundraising each year in order to fund projects that are not specific to a parish. So, for example, maybe their pro-life ministry they have, uh, maybe evangelization outreach that they have, uh, their seminary, uh, different things like that the employees that work at the diocese. I mean a diocese is a legal entity. It has to have certain uh, people on staff for HR, for accounting, things of that nature. And so all those people need to be paid. And so typically what the diocesan appeal does is that it goes uh, to all of those uh, different aspects of a diocese that aren't directly parish related. Now historically the, the name of this appeal has is different uh, by diocese and over time. You notice how all the different things I said, diocesan appeal, Catholic ministries appeal, a bishop's appeal, cardinals appeal, arch, archbishop's appeal. I note in the past many of these used to be called a cardinal's appeal or something like that. But with the decline in respect given to the bishops because of their own actions, I've noticed a lot of dioceses have started to change it. I think the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., where I used to live, they used to call it the Cardinal's Appeal. Now they just call it the Annual Appeal because their cardinals, in the past two cardinals, have been Cardinal McCarrick and Cardinal World. not exactly people that, that most Catholics would want to be giving to. Now, one thing to note about the diocese, my own personal connection to it, for five years I worked as a director of evangelization for a diocese, and so the Diocesan Appeal directly benefited me, and I mean, it paid my salary, essentially. And so, obviously, uh, I've not always been opposed to diocesan appeals, uh, and I've had... Uh, I've given to diocesan appeals in the past, and I think that they can be given for good work. For example, the pro-life work done by a diocese or a seminarian fund, things of that nature. I can understand, and I, I, and I accept the fact that often diocesan appeals, the money goes to good things. And, and again, like I said, in the past, I've often given to the diocesan appeal the various dioceses I've lived in. in the past 20 years, I've lived in basically three dioceses, the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., the diocese of Venice in Florida, which that's where I actually worked, and then the diocese of um, the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, which is where I live now. So, but basically, uh, this year I've decided not to give to my diocese in appeal. And not only did I decide not to give to it, I I wrote a letter to a brief uh, note, I should say. Uh, to the diocese, and I enclosed it with the card they sent me to put down my donation. I put down I'm giving zero dollars, and I have a note, and I said, "This year I will not be donating to the Catholic Ministries Appeal as I have in previous years. Instead, I will redirect my donation to other Catholic charities that are not under direct archdiocesan control. I will continue to do this until I see clear evidence that the Archbishop is confronting, in both word and deed, the corruption present." Among his fellow bishops, especially as it pertains to the sexual abuse of minors, seminarians and others, I pray every day that the archbishop might be a holy, wise and courageous shepherd of souls, sincerely in Christ, Eric Salmons. Now, a couple things to note. first of all. I tweeted out a picture of that note uh, about a week ago right before I sent it out, and I was, I was a little bit surprised by how many people uh, responded to it. I got probably my, some the most ever likes and retweets I've ever gotten on a tweet from that. It really did strike a chord with many Catholics that many others had been considering doing it or were going to do it, and it really kind of spoke to them. And so that tells me I'm not the only one who has decided not to give to my diocesan appeal this year. It's something that a lot of Catholics are, are, are doing. I also want to note that I'm not trying to single out my diocese, the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, as particularly bad in this regard. In fact, I would consider my diocese actually above average uh, as dioceses go in the country. So I'm not... Trying to pick on Archbishop Schnur, who's the Archbishop of of, of I'm sorry, of Cincinnati. I'm not trying to pick pick on him particularly or anything of that nature. I think, in many ways, the Archdiocese of Cincinnati is just simply typical of all dioceses. And I think if I lived in almost any other diocese in the country, I'd be doing the exact same thing. Now, a couple things I want to note about why is it you know why is it that I'm not donating to my diocese in appeal. First of all, it's not a matter of not giving to charity. I want to note that charity is very important. I believe that every Catholic 10% of your income is the minimum that you should give to charity. I think that's kind of the obligation we have. And studies have shown that Catholics give an abysmally small n- amount of money to charity. I think it's like 1% or something like that. I think Protestants, evangelical Protestants give maybe 2%, but nobody no no um Demographic really gives anywhere close to 10%. But I do believe that Catholics, all Catholics, no matter what your income is, should give a minimum of 10%. Because I think that's something that uh, the Lord, if he has allowed you to uh, make money, then you should give some of it back to him in Thanksgiving. But I do think 10% is the minimum because the more you make, if you're you're affluent, if you're well-off, if you're rich, have a high income, I think you should be giving more than 10%. Uh, than than that, to charity, and charity is supposed to hurt. It's not just a matter of okay, I have an extra dollar or two, I will throw it in the ba- in, in the collection basket, or I'll give it to the Salvation Army, or whatever the case may be. No, charity is much more important um, than that, and it's supposed to hurt us. Meaning that we should it should be sacrificial when we give. That's charity. So I just want to get that off the table. I'm not at all suggesting that people don't give to charity. I, what I'm talking about is what charities do we give to? There are lots of different charities out there. Many are worthy. Many are very unworthy. But many are worthy of our funds. So how do we decide who we give them to? And here's why I come to the decision that I'm not giving to the Diocesan Appeal this year. And I, you know, I said specifically I'm going to redirect the funds I would have given to the diocesan uh, appeal and instead to other Catholic charities that aren't under direct archdiocesan control. And there's plenty of those, lay-run organizations uh, that, that don't have any connection to an archdiocese. I mean, they get approval if they're officially Catholic, but some aren't even officially Catholic, but they're good. Uh, if they get, you know, perhaps they have the, to help the poor or they're pro-life or something like that. So I'd encourage people, if you're not going to give Diocesan Appeal, definitely give to another charity. And however much you were going to give to Diocesan Appeal, or maybe look at what you gave last year or previous years and match that, maybe even double that and give to a, a good other charity. So why is it, though, I'm not giving to Diocesan Appeal? First of all, I really think the frustration level that Catholics, including myself, have with the bishops has reached an all-time high. They clearly are not taking seriously the abuse crisis in the church. Specifically, the abuse crisis as it relates to bishops both being involved in abuse and covering up abuse. They are basically a self-policing organization, and they're not doing the self-policing. There's nobody above them other than the pope in the church, and let's be frank, right now the pope's not doing anything to shut down any bishop that's done terrible things unless they are ideologically opposed to him. But even that being said... Bishops in general are supposed to be self-policing, and they're not doing that. It's obvious that there is deep corruption within the the hierarchy today. Now, one thing I noted that, that I saw somewhere, and I thought I'd make a good point that to say the Catholic Episcopi, Episcop, Episcopacy. Sorry, <coughs> excuse me. You might notice I have, I'm coming over a cold. That's so why my voice might sound a little bit differently than normal. But the Catholic hierarchy today, I'll say that instead of episcopacy, when I say it's corrupt, I'm not saying every individual member is corrupt. Typically what happens is there's going to be a percentage of any group that's corrupt, bad, another percentage that's good, and a, large, a much larger percentage that is just kind of going along with the flow. And the bishops are no different. The question is, who controls the direction of the organization? Do you stand up to the bad when they are being bad? And that's what makes you corrupt. If you're standing up to the bad, then you're not corrupt. You might still have bad within you, but you're not not corrupt if you're standing up to them, if you're you're resisting them. But if you're giving in to them, you're allowing them to flourish, then as an organization, you are corrupt, even if individually many of the bishops are not corrupt. And that's what we have today. We have basically those who are corrupt— who have run the place and are allowed to run free, you know, Cardinal Worl, Cardinal Kupich, people like Cardinal McCarrick for years, they run free. And so that's why the organization is corrupt. And so why do I want to give to a member of that organization who's not willing to stand up for it? If my bishop, for example, is willing to say publicly, call out Cardinal World, Cardinal McCarrick, people like that, Cardinal Kupich. I include Cardinal Kupich not because he has any known uh, accusations of covering up abuse or abuse himself, but because he's been, he is basically not Catholic in his teachings. And so he is corrupt in that sense. If they would speak out, if my bishop would speak out, then I would be more willing to support him. But I don't really feel like he he is doing enough to basically stop the corruption in the church. And they're not listening to lay people when we tell them that. And, okay, writing letters to bishops is okay, and there's nothing wrong with it, and that's fine, but I know for a fact they don't have much impact. I know from being on the inside. Yes, bishops will read them, sometimes, not always, but some bishops will read them, but they're not going to make any difference really in what they do unless they see some type of consequences to the letters. And in this case, let's be frank, money talks. I mean, the bishops have an organization or a business, you could call it business to run. They have an organization to run. They need funds in order to keep the lights on, to keep the trains running on time, all those things. And so I don't want to be, I want my message to be heard that I am not, I'm I'm frustrated with what they are refusing to do, refusing to clean up the corruption inside their own ranks. And so I'm gonna make a statement. More than just a letter, I'm gonna just say, I'm not gonna give you money anymore. And ultimately, you're like I said, you can always pick you always have to pick and choose what charities you're gonna support. We we can't give to everything. It's just impossible. And so, being a good steward of our money means we choose those charities which we believe best reflects our own beliefs and what we think is most important. And so, I'm going to give, for example, to a pro life charity. I'm going to give to a local uh, soup kitchen. I'm going to give to uh, perhaps a religious order I think is doing very well. I'm not going to give to Planned Parenthood, for example, to use an extreme example. I'm not even going to give to good organizations that aren't fully in line with what I believe. So for example, maybe there's a Mormon charity that, that maybe does some decent work. I'm not going to bother giving to them because I can give to a Catholic one that's gonna, that, that I support even more. It's not to say necessarily that the Mormon charity does bad work. If Maybe it helps support or something like that. Fine. But I'm going to give to those charities that reflect my values, my beliefs the best. And if I'm frank with myself, I have to say that the institution... Uh, while I support completely the institution of the episcopacy, I support the institution of bishops. I do not support the men who are currently bishops. I believe, on a whole, and I think this may be, <clears throat> I can't say a percentage, maybe 95%, maybe higher, maybe 99%, they must be radically reformed. And when I say radically reformed, I don't mean it in the Protestant Reformation way of reforming the institution, reforming the structure. What I'm saying is that they need to be personally reformed. They need to reform themselves. Have a conversion, frankly, because if you know that one of your fellow bishops is abusing seminarians, is a, a bu- you know, covering up abuse, something like that, and you do nothing, I would argue that you need to be personally converted because a... A disciple of Jesus Christ would not allow that. They would stand up to it in some way. I'm not even saying necessarily how they would do it, but they would stand up for it in some way. And we just don't see that happening with any of the bishops today. And so why should my hard-earned dollars, which are a sacrifice to give, I have a family to support with my money. I'm not I'm not like independently wealthy or anything like that. And even if I was, it's still hard-earned money, no matter how much money it is. And so why should I use that money to support men who are clearly either corrupt themselves or allowing corruption to flourish? Now, I know <clears throat> there are objections. There will be Catholics who object to my position here, to those who say we should not give to our, our bishops' appeal, our diocesan appeal. And I, I understand that. And people of goodwill can disagree on this. I think some of these objections, which I'll go through here in a minute, I think, I think they have valid points. I mean, I disagree with them ultimately— But I do think, I understand where they're coming from. And ultimately, this is, of course, a prudential matter. This is not a matter of faith. I mean, I think if you gave money to Planned Parenthood, that would be a matter of faith, that you're actually going against uh, morality, uh, Catholic morality, and so that would be a sin. I don't think it's a sin to give to your diocesan appeal. I don't think it's a good idea, though, to do it. I think it's, I encourage all Catholics, actually, to boycott and not give to the diocesan appeal. Now, what are those objections, though? The first one is that, It harms good causes. I mean, the first one you think of is the seminarians. Do you not want more priests? Of course you do. Or a lot of times, the Diocesan Appeal uh, supports pro-life ministry. Obviously, we want to support those things, something like that. When I was working as director of evangelization, I would have argued that, hey, you need to support my work in evangelization. However, a couple things. First of all, I'm not saying don't give money to good causes. You're giving it to alternative causes. So, for example, you're giving it to a, an independent pro-life organization or an independent evangelization organization or even a seminary that's of uh, a religious order, giving to the seminarians of a religious order, not a diocesan one. So your money is still going to the exact same good things that they were going to before. They're just different, uh, different people who are running it. So that's the first thing. Secondly... Uh, about that objection. The second thing I would say is I think we need to question how much a diocese does. I wrote an article, I don't know how long ago, it was a while ago, at 1 Peter 5, let me look, I have the date here, back in September, where I basically argued that we need to trim the fat in most dioceses. I actually went through an archdiocese Cincinnati again, not because I'm picking on it just because I live here. I looked at all the different ministries they have, and I found that they have a large number of ministries that don't need to be done by the diocese. I think I counted 46 total ministries and offices within the, the um, diocese. But of those, I don't think all 46 are necessary for a diocese to do. For example, just my own example of evangelization. I was director of evangelization for a diocese. I can tell you as a fact That the work done by a diocese in evangelization will never be as effective as the work done outside a diocese in evangelization. Because a non-diocesan evangelization apostolate can be more nimble. They can respond better to people's needs. They don't have to have a bureaucracy behind them. They don't have to be as politically correct. They can be more direct in their evangelization. All those ways they can actually do it better. So not only does it not have to be done by a diocese, it usually can be done better by a non diocesan apostolate, so even though yes it 's true, if a diocese doesn 't raise enough money, it will hurt their own causes. perhaps those causes don 't need to exist now, obviously, seminarians are going uh, need to be supported um, on some level, but you can support other seminarians right now with your money you don 't have to support a diocesan seminary okay, so the second objection is. People can lose their jobs. I've heard this one often is that if you don't give to the diocese, good good family people, family men and women who are supporting their families, they, they might lose their job because they won't be funded. And as somebody who used to be supported by a dio- diocesan appeal, trust me, I feel this one. I understand this. I supported my family of seven children on a, uh, as a di- while working for a diocese. And so if the diocesan appeal didn't make the money, I probably couldn't have kept the job and I wouldn't have support my family. However, ultimately, I'm not responsible for supporting every other person's jobs. I mean, you can make this argument about so many things, like people who want to cut government the size of government, which I'm one of them. Do we say, well, people would lose their jobs if we do this? I mean, at that point, you never fire anybody. You never get rid of anybody because they could lose their job. You could make the same argument for supporting Planned Parenthood. Well, there's people who are supporting their families working for Planned Parenthood. Should we give to them? course not. Yes, I know it's an extreme example, but the logic is the same. We're not responsible for uh, every other person's jobs and making sure that they they keep a job. If they lose their jobs, hopefully they'll find a job with an independent uh, apostolate that does the same type of charity, if they have an expertise in that. But I'm supporting them just because they can't find a job anywhere else. Is that really good use of my money? Again, we need to give the charity But the point of giving to charity isn't to keep people in their jobs at those charities. It's to help those in need, truly in need. And so, yes, I understand people could lose their jobs. Obviously, the one I'd want to lose their job the most is probably the bishops and be replaced with somebody. But if people lose their jobs, I am sad for them, empathetic towards them because, again, I was in that situation. But that's not ultimately why we give to charity. So I think that's not really a consideration. And the, th- the third objection is probably the most powerful is that, is that bishops, if they don't raise money through diocesan appeal, they'll get the money from you anyway because they'll just tax your parish anyway. They'll tax your, you, the, the, Their parish is more or they'll raise money. You know, they'll get government funding or something like that, and that's true. The last person to be directly impacted by not giving money to diocese is the bishop himself. Even bishops – I'm not saying bishops are all trying to live in luxury. I don't think that's true. But they're not going to be directly impacted that much because they can just tax the parishes more, get more, take more money from the parishes if they don't raise it through the diocesan funding. And that is true. But a couple things. Number one is I simply can't control that. It's like the, the perennial question of when you, should you give money to the beggar on the street? Well, no, because he's going to use the money for alcohol or drugs or something like that. Well, I would just say you can't control that. You can't know exactly how the money is going to be used. If it's an obvious situation where somebody obviously high or something like that and, and they ask for money and it's an obvious story they're making up, sure, you don't have to give it to them because you know it might be used poorly. But you can't control what other people do with your charity. Your duty as a Catholic, as a Christian, is simply to give. Not to control everything. Yes, we use our minds and our reason to try and do as best possible. Like I just said, we, that's why we give to charities we think are doing the best with the money. But we can't control everything. So if a bishop decides because of the fact that we no longer give to his appeal that he's just going to tax parishes more, well, I mean, we just can't do anything about it. It still impacts their power. They still get a message that, wow, people are really not supporting what I'm doing. Maybe I need to change. And, of course, some people would decide not to give to the parish, and I understand that. I, I still give to my parish, and I understand some of that money goes to the diocese, but I really support the priests in my parish, and I want them to to be able to do their work. I think they do very important work. And so, yes, I do still give money to my parish, knowing that some of that goes to the diocese. But I'm not going to give extra to the diocese. And if the bishop forces that, I just can't do anything about it. So, and that, so that's, those are the main objections that I hear when it comes to whether or not uh, we should stop giving money to the diocese, boycott the diocesan appeal. Ultimately, I think it comes down to a question of when you have these objections, at what point do you say enough is enough? What will it take for a Catholic for Catholics to decide no i 'm not going to support these bishops anymore. Because of how terrible it is, what do they have to do? Does your bishop have to literally be caught abusing somebody, Uh, maybe, you know, abusing a seminarian for you to no longer give to him? Or would you still give to him because of the fact that there's good causes in the diocese? I mean, don't we at some point have to say, no, we're not going to support this? I feel like there has to be at some point we draw the line and just say, okay, I'm not going to continue to give money to these men who are doing these terrible things, For me, I feel like we've already reached that point. We reached it last summer. And I think some people reached it before that, and I think some people still haven't reached it. I get that. But I encourage you to really look at yourself and look at the money that you give away, the donations, the charity that you give, and ask yourself, what's the best use of that charity? Is it the diocesan appeal, which is implicitly supporting a bishop who's likely doing nothing about the, the crisis in the church right now? Is likely supporting ministries that are less efficient and less effective than uh non-diocesan apostolates. And often, let's be honest, some of these things that they do aren't really that great. I mean, they actually are anti, I mean, I would say anti-Catholic, but they don't help further the Catholic faith. I mean, they're poorly done. I mean, you've seen cateche- catechetics evangelization and other work done by a diocese, how terrible it is at times. Do you really want your money going for that? So for me, I've reached that point. And so until I see, as I told told our archbishop, until I see clear evidence that he's going to stand up to the corruption that's happening within his ranks, I'm simply not going to give to his appeal. I will give to his appeal when I see that clear evidence that he's standing up, truly standing up to the corruption within the ranks of the hierarchy. Until then, the, the hard-earned money I make, the charity that I'm going to take from it is going to only be to organizations that I can directly count on. And for me, that's local. I'm, I'm sticking with local charities almost exclusively and giving to evangelization efforts, pro-life efforts, help for the poor efforts, uh, seminary, but seminary for a religious order. These things I, I support directly, but I want to do it in a way that's not directly tied to a bishop who is not doing everything he can to end the corruption happening in the Catholic Church right now. I encourage everybody who's listening to this to think about this, to pray about this, and decide for yourself, do you want to give to your diocesan appeal this year? I I encourage you to say no this year, at least for this year, and to tell, but don't just say no and don't say anything, but tell the bishop why it is you're not giving this year, especially those who have given in the past. I think that's even more powerful that you're refusing to give this year because of the fact that they have not worked to clean up the clergy, clean up the hierarchy. Okay, well, that's it for today's show. Uh, Before I uh, leave, uh, just a couple reminders. Please subscribe to my podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I mentioned this tweet I I gave that got a lot of responses about not giving to the local uh, diocesan appeal. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric R. Sammons. Obviously, you can always go to my website, which is just ericsammons.com. I have different articles up there and things of that nature. Also, I just want to mention, uh, make a plug for another uh, podcast I, I co-host with my son. It's uh, called Growing Up Baseball. It's about baseball for those baseball and sports fans out there. My son and I have a good time uh, hosting that, so you can always look that one up too, growingupbaseball.com. You can find that one. But again, that's that's all I'm going to have for today's show. I want to thank you for listening, and until next time, keep swimming against the stream.